Dean Leggy, Dylan Weber, another edition of Riding Home here, Georgia, with the press conference today and uh, their first practice of the week. It's Tuesday. What do you make of the dogs today? They were a little bit banged up. Yeah, I mean, just across the board, I, I don't. It doesn't sound like anything serious to me. And, and Kirby downplayed everything as well. But I mean, you still have the Eric Stokes, uh, Tyson Campbell injuries going on. But I mean, Eric played. You know, got hurt in the game last week with the um, the knee injury. Came back and played at the very end. But Kirby said, you know, he's still a little banged up. Um, wasn't out there today. Same with Tyson. Um, David Marshall also not out there, and Solomon Kenley too. So, you know, when you take a look backwards at that game, there, considering that Notre Dame just could not run the ball, a lot of the success they had, if you want to call it success, was through the air. How much do you think that not having essentially two of your best corners, if not the tar- two starting corners, out there, do you, how, you know, what difference do you think that made in the game? I mean, that definitely hurts that you just have to play more inexperienced guys, guys like DJ Daniel, who who are talented, and we've seen them play well. But, I mean, it, it's just they don't have the experience that no. both Tyson and Eric do. Isn't that crazy? You're talking about true sophomores having experience. And... I know. It, it is weird. But, like, it, it just a matter of fact, I mean, it's just Ty, or, um, yeah, Tyson Campbell played in, what, 12, 13 games last year? Oh, he played in a lot, yeah. I'll say this, man. I thought they, they kind of – I know we're going to get to what Kirby had to say, I guess. But they fought – getting down like that with such a catastrophic play and then fighting their way back and uh, outscoring Notre Dame from that stage uh, 23 to, uh, to 10. Georgia really, I thought, outplayed them. And I talked about this a lot in the uh, Dean Leggy show on Sunday night, I think it was. But they really did fight back. I mean, they hadn't exactly had a bunch of games where they were the underdog. I mean, where they were trailing in the second in the second half, and that's what happened in this game. I mean, they were trailing against Florida in 2018, Texas, obviously Alabama. They came back to win the Florida game. They came back to win this game too. Uh, they were they did, they did not come again back against LSU, a team that that jumped them from the start and. Uh, after you know submitting the lead to Alabama, um, they didn't come back in that game uh, either. So Texas and LSU kind of jumped them. And I don't know if you could say that, that that Notre Dame did, but Notre Dame was dead serious from the get go. And I thought the Irish played well. I know we've talked about that a lot, but yeah. Well, I mean, we could both tell we were both on the field for that. It's just that true. you could really tell right off the bat that just how physical they were. They were their their offensive line was pretty legit and you know Tennessee won't have anything for Georgia on that front but um and I'm not sure Florida will too look the the, you know as much as I criticize the schedule that Clemson plays Georgia's got a pretty I mean these next three games are not going to be super challenging for them no not at all but I mean they still have a tough schedule I think they still have three top 25 matchups left in their way well they have I mean, if we're going by today, they have at least two more. They've got a win over a top 10 team. They've got two more top 10 games to deal with. The question is, will Missouri be a top 10, a top 15 team, top 20 team when they get to Athens? I, I'm going to look up Missouri's uh, schedule right now. I don't think it's out of the question um, that no, that I happens. Think, 
if they keep winning, like if they keep playing how they're playing right now, they would they would at least be a top twenty five. Well, they're not. I mean, there's no game they should lose before they play Georgia. I mean, Mizzou Mizzou closes. Missouri Missouri's problem was they lost Wyoming. Needless yeah, to say, was... but they they dominated West Virginia, who is not great, and they dominated a, a, a suddenly sinking ship at Carolina. But I mean, they got Troy uh, after this week. This week, uh, Mizzou is off. They got Troy. They host Ole Miss, who is struggling, and then they travel to Vanderbilt and travel to Kentucky. Those are all games they should win, and then they get the week off before Georgia. Yeah, I think Missouri will probably be at least a top twenty-five team because I mean, at that point, what would they be like? I mean, with one loss at that would be for them. If my math is correct, that would be eight and one with just a just a bizarre loss to Wyoming. Maybe Wyoming's a legit team. Maybe we shouldn't discredit. It was at Wyoming too. Not, I mean, you should still win that game. As you any should still SEC. win that game. Period. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, there's just no explanation for losing to um, Wyoming. I mean, it just, it just, it just can't happen. I mean, they, they, they lost this week to Tulsa. They barely beat Idaho. They barely beat Texas State. I mean, they, that that was a road game for them, and they won that game by nine. Um, excuse me, they lost to Tulsa. So, uh, and they barely beat Idaho. So it's just, you know, that's not a good loss. I know this is, this is really about Georgia more than it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Missouri. how we're on Missouri. I mean, people don't even care about Missouri. No, they don't, but they're in the way. And a lot of people now are saying, Hey, that could be a, a trap game. It's in between the Gators and Auburn. Auburn looks better, man. They do. But I, I had a good, you know, person I've trusted for a long time. He said, I, "Don't give me this Auburn shit right now, man." He, he just—he was just that straight about it. He said, "I'm just—I'm not—I'm not trying to hear it." You know, they're—I don't buy it. You know, but we'll see. I mean, I, if they struggle with the Gators, you're going to know they're not—they're not so hot. I mean, these are all probably games Georgia should win. Let's be honest. But, but Auburn is one of those teams that they have talent. They're a solid team. They're good, man. And, and you know they're going to give at home Georgia their best. They can they're, win. Uh, they can totally beat Georgia <laughs> down there, man. I mean, yeah. they, they totally could beat Georgia down there. And I don't mean that Auburn's the better team. Probably not they're at all. Not. But but they could. You know, I mean, if Georgia plays an off game in Auburn, yeah, they shit could go wrong. Well, they've got to deal with the Gators in two weeks. I think not not this week, but I mean Auburn. They'll kill. Arkansas, but then their their schedule gets legit real quick, and you know they've got essentially every other week from here on out they've got they play at, they host state um, this weekend, so that that's going to be a little bit tricky. Then they go to Florida, they'll kill Arkansas, they host LSU, they'll they'll they should beat Mississippi, then they host Georgia, Samford, and then they host Alabama. That's challenging. That's that's no joke right there because you got the two best teams in the East. But for Georgia today, you know, a lot of it was I – mean, he was a little jumpy today. Not jumpy. He was a little bit uh, – is cranky the wrong way to put it? No, I think cranky works. It's just it's- so interesting. You know, I, I have to say just as a person, I think he's quite intel- intelligent. Kirby? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yes. He's not the common uh, college football coach, I guess you could say. He's not a meathead. No, definitely but, not. But his frustration with um, 
particular reporters or any particular question, he doesn't hide it. I think he would do himself a favor occasionally hiding it. Uh, that's just my opinion. Am I wrong? I I mean, yeah, I just I don't think it's worth it. It's For him. Kind of, yeah, it's just kind of annoying. Um, but I don't know, it's... it's I, yeah, he, I think he is very intelligent. I mean, the way he runs this program is yeah. is very organized. Analy- very, anal- analytical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's in bye weeks. I always feel like he's a little um, cranky. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know what else to what other word to use, but I think he just because I mean he just really wants to focus on football. Like he he's literally addicted to football. Yeah. That's the thing that you talk when you know when you and I really you wrote the story about Jake Fromm coming into this season. A lot of the running theme was, hey, you know, Kirby and Jake have a lot in common. They are both football like junkies. The, the word football nerd, I threw that out there, and someone sort of corrected me and said, no, they're they're kind of more junkies than they are yeah. nerds. Because nerds nerds have self restraint, but they, I mean they just. Literally addicted to football. Um, is he going to change his visor? Does he wear a different visor for practice? Because I think he does. I think so. You know, I, I've always kind of wanted to ask him why, like, why the visor over. Uh, Brian, Brian Kelly wore a visor Saturday night as well, which I thought was interesting. Maybe he kind of saw Kirby and was like, "Hey, I kind of like that." But doesn't he usually wear a visor? Brian Kelly, I'm not sure. Yeah. Kirby, Kirby has worn a visor f- since forever. I mean, when he was at Georgia the first time, he had a visor. So it's not new. I always wore visors. Yeah, I stay. I stay away from. I stay away from hats. Now I can't. I can't speak to Kirby's hair, and I can hear everyone turning off right now. But I know the way mine is, and his is not so far from mine. You don't want to bench that up underneath a hat, man. It's, it's not pretty. After a while, but a lot of people associate visors with Steve Spurrier, but I think it's just it's folks who play golf more than anything else. As your as your friends chime in in the background, yeah, I know. Um, I don't know why. Like, why do you think he wears a visor though? I think it's his hair. You think so? Yeah, I think oh. it, I think it's just a situation where it's tougher to get it all underneath. But I I I don't think I've ever seen him wear a regular baseball hat. How do you think he would look? This is this is what the bye week comes to, man. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. let's not let's not act like our audience. You know, they they listen to it. I mean, it's it's it's. And I think I mean I think everyone has the question too. Well, it is a thing. I mean, like does so so like Dabo Swinney wears a very particular type of hat uh, when. Uh, it's kind of a mesh hat. He wear he busts that out a lot. I'm, I'm just looking at a picture right now of Kirby with a hat on, shaking hands with Nick Saban in 2005 when he was a coach at Georgia in late March 2005 when he, when he got his first job at Georgia. He's talking to Nick Saban, and um, he's got a white visor on. I don't think anyone else has that picture, and if they do, I'd be surprised. But like even back then, he was wearing visors. He was he looks like he's 20 in these pictures, but of course he was 20. Yeah, what, See, I mean, how old was I? So I was 28. I was 26 at this point. 27 at this point. So he was 28 or 9. He was not even 30 yet. Um, but, you know, 
That's nuts. I feel like you gotta start. You can only start wearing a visor when you're like 35 and older. Oh man! But I mean, I wore it in college. I just it was just my hair, you know. But the the thing about him is he's always been very driven. He's always. Um, I think he and and I'm not you know I I I can be critical of Kirby, <laughs> but I I do think he is quite smart. I think he is quite intelligent actually. And I and I you know in talking this is name dropping an old friend of mine and the sites you know when Chad Simmons and I would talk about who the coach at Georgia would be after Mark or what would you do if you got rid of Mark. I mean he was always I don't I don't want to say insistent. But he was convinced that Kirby would do well, and he did. He he, he has done well so far, and um, it can't be overly surprising with the amount of skill that Georgia now has that they are doing what they're doing. Brian Kelly was impressed with the depth. That was a question I asked him for you. Yeah, I, I mean, like you just once again. I mean, like, Mark Webb got hurt, and, and Devon Wilson. Oh, man, he took over the game. And Yeah, and he played insane. And this kid's a, a, a now a redshirt freshman. Play. This is his, I guess, his True fourth. freshman? Fifth. I don't know how that works. No, he's a redshirt freshman. That's right, that's right. Um, and, and this is his fifth collegiate game now? I don't have anything. Listen, man, it is not about having a good time at Georgia. It's about putting in work to do their football. Like oh, yeah. if you if you want to go slide down slides, Georgia's not the place for you. And there's good, there's places you can win a national championship that that do that. It's just not Georgia, not anymore. Uh, no, I mean when they really preach this idea to practice harder than you're playing games, and, and it sounds kind of cliche. I think they I, do, man. I think no, I think it's legitimate because I, I think. Kirby truly believes like it's like swinging with a a donut on the bat in baseball. Like you know, you swing it; it's harder to swing when you have the donut on. But when you go up to bat, you take it off, and it's easier to swing the bat. That those practices are, I mean, we only see so much, but those practices are legit. Kind of, they're definitely very physical. And and you know, for Brian Kelly to say it was the most physical game that he could remember coaching in, he said, "I've, I've coached in a lot of games." He actually is. He, he's coached in more games than anyone else in, in Division One football, I believe. I think he's coached more than Nick Saban because Nick left to go to the Dolphins. And um, you know, Brian Kelly's been around for a while. Uh, but anyway, even if he if he you know just coached since nineteen you know since two thousand you know one, that would be a long time as a head coach to uh, you know to say that. And I mean, he's coached in more than three hundred games. That's I think that might be more than Vince Dooley had, or it's it's right on top of what Vince had. That's insane. And, and I mean that's including you know playoff appearances and national championship appearance. Yeah, ain't no doubt, man. I mean, I mean he, he's he's just played in football games. He has played in big football games. Vince coached now. Okay, part of this is the, just the new world of college football, but you know, Vince, by very quick math here, coached in uh, two hundred and eighty two hundred and eighty eight football games. Brian Kelly has won 233, lost 93, and tied two. So he's coached in more games than Vince Vince has, or Vince did, excuse me. And uh, he took over as a head coach at uh, Central Michigan uh, in 2003. So he certainly doesn't have the longevity of Vince, but he's coached in more games. 
Uh, it's just a different world in college football. But, you know, that game was extremely physical, man. I mean, it's, it's also, too, for, for, for Brian Kelly to coach that many games in 16 years, and Vince did it in 25 years, tells you these, you know, these extra games are really adding up. The playoffs, the 12th game. You know, not in Notre Dame's case, but the uh, the championship games for conference championships, all that stuff adds up. Um, I don't know, man. It was that was certainly a huge night uh, in Athens, and a a game to remember for sure. Definitely, uh, it, it, and I still stand by. I don't think it was the prettiest football game. It was an exciting one at the end, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't honestly. It, it definitely wasn't the best football I've seen. It wasn't well played. If that's that's, if no. that's I don't yeah. think it was either. No, I don't think no. it was either. But I think it that was still just the idea of it was cool. It was still a close game. I mean, you know, two brand name college football teams getting together in a game like this. It, it just doesn't happen very often. It's awesome to see. I mean, Texas LSU it happened as well. But even then, I that feel like a, this had a little more hype. Well, it was watched by more people. Texas LSU are two huge name brands though, man. I mean, you can't, uh, yeah. I mean, when you start talking about this season, the name, these name brands play each other. Obviously USC and Notre Dame, Notre Dame and Georgia, Texas LSU, uh, you know, Auburn, Alabama, et cetera. But I mean, if you could somehow get Ohio state, Alabama or, uh, Georgia, Texas, of course Georgia and or Texas can't play everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Is Texas A and M a brand name? I would say probably not. But they uh, did. They did play Clemson. Yeah, and that's a big game. But I wouldn't say they're not a blue blood program. No, no, definitely not. And that's, you know, the, I, I was reading some stuff about A and M. I mean, that that loss to Auburn. That's that, bad. That, that that hurt them. I mean, like, and it, the thing is, it wasn't overly close. I mean, Auburn kind of always had that game. Um, yeah. and, and at home, you know, A&M needed to, that win. We've got to wonder, though, man. they still got to deal with Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, right? Yeah. That's the thing. That's why they needed that win so badly. That, 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 so Clemson's going to get all the credit for that this, you know, Early part of the year, but people are going to look back, and unless A and M gets its act together and wins one of those games, that's not going to be a good win. It's it, not going to look like a good win. I mean, A and M's still a decent team, a good team, even, but the, like it yeah, won't. They won't I look mean, as good at the end of the season. It's, I mean, you, you, your best win can't be over a five-loss team. But it's hard to get your best win over you know top ten teams at the quality that A and M is at. Well, I mean, I'm talking about Clemson. I mean, like, it's oh, not yeah. it's not their fault they play in the ACC, but at the same time, I mean, you know, if if Texas A&M turns out to be your best win, you can, you can, I don't think they can eat a loss this year, man. I don't think so either. I mean, especially with how A&M will like things up going. It's going to be hard. Who's going to save that lead besides Clemson? I mean, good God, Florida State is a disaster. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be at least, you need like two, at least two years, at least two years to turn that around. Miami, maybe you can do it quicker, but still. Syracuse? They lost to 
I know. They I mean, told Syracuse is supposed to be the only decent team in there, and they can't even do it. No one wants to win in the ACC except Clemson. And even they sometimes are hesitant to do so. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that A&M game, I mean, I mean, do you think A&M could beat Georgia at this point? No, not at Georgia. But the A&M people will not hate. I mean, I wouldn't because, I mean, they're probably starting to feel like the Aggies thought at the beginning of this year that, oh, they could be a legit team. But, like, now they're realizing, oh, shit, we might lose, you know, six, seven games. What do you think, we'll wrap it with this, what do you think the recruits, I mean, you see everyone sees what Matt has been reporting. You know, what, what do you think, though, if you were, you know, you're not so far from what a recruits at age it is. What, what do you think they were sitting there watching all that, taking that in and saying? What do you think they were thinking about all the lights, et cetera? I mean, that's, you're just, you know, that's completely unique to college football, that kind of setup. I mean, you, there were probably things like it, but that environment was one of the most unique environments college football will have. And it wasn't really, like, bonkers. I don't know, man. I thought it was pretty pretty bonkers. So bonkers that I almost dropped an F-bond to describe it. But I'm going to hold off. I'll, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll restrain myself. So much for tonight. All right, join us tomorrow, Dean Leggy, and go over Thank you.